Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. People pay good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I'm talking with Nick Murray. He is the director of RuPaul's Drag Race. He's been working on that show for a long time, I believe since 2011. And he was the director of last season's Rusical, Wig Loose. It was the parody of Footloose, of course. Very, very timely. It was incredibly prescient that it came out when it did. Kind of started as parody and then was really a mirror of what's been happening in the country. Thank you so much for listening. Best of luck to our friends over at RuPaul's Drag Race at the Emmys this year. And I hope you enjoy this interview. I have been a fan of your work without really knowing it for years. We watched Tabitha Takes Over religiously. <laughs> That was one of the, I think, God, that was many years ago when I first, probably within a few years. No, I was, when did I do that? 2010, 2009? Yeah, I took from the director and uh, yeah, that was one of my, probably one of the first known shows that I did after moving to LA. Super fun. It was the, one of the, was the when I was shooting that show, it was the first time I experienced an earthquake in LA and we were downtown underneath this huge building like in a basement or something we had video village in the basement and there was (laughs) the earthquake happened and everyone was like okay let's go let's go outside outside I was thinking what you want us to run outside and get caught in all the falling glass from this glass-faced building are you kidding me (laughs) but it was yeah that was my first that's one of the questions when anybody moves to LA. It's, Have you felt a tremor yet? Have you felt an earthquake? And I hadn't until then. And it was like, oh shit, quick run. <laughs> that was one of my uh, firm memories of working on Tabitha's, along with working with the crew and the, and, and the lovely Tabitha. She's lovely. Now, I'm really good with accents. I'm thinking you're from West Texas. Is that right? That's right. Southwest Texas. 
No, I'm from just south of Manchester in England. Moved over to the States probably 17 and a half years ago now, if my math is correct, something like that, 17 years ago. It's all blurry now. <laughs> well, you have been working Drag Race for a long time, all the different incarnations of the show. I'm trying to remember which was the first one you were on. I did a wonderful flower arranging show for World of Wonder, who are the producers of RuPaul's Drag Race, called The Arrangement, which was broadcast on Logo, I think in 2010, something like that, 2009, 2010. And during the production of The Arrangement, this competition flower arranging show, the executive producers asked me to speak with the showrunner of Drag Race about potentially taking over directing it. And so we sat down on the set of the arrangement and here we are the rest is history <laughs> so that was season three that was my first tenure on uh, on drag race and what an amazing privileged humbled ride i've had with it it's been unbelievable not in my wildest dreams would i imagine where we are now <laughs> 13 seasons later <laughs> yeah and now you know kind of it I don't want to say center of a firestorm, but it was just so important, especially last season into this season with all the attacks against. Who would have thought, right? What age are we actually living in? That was written and produced as a nod to Footloose. And then <laughs> a year later, we're actually living in that era. Again, it's crazy. It's nuts. But Drag Race is always on the forefront of culture and sadly, we are on the forefront of what's happening at the moment, not in a good way. But in hindsight, I love the fact that we produced and did Wig Loose. doesn't get any more pertinent than this. I'm so curious how the show comes together, just because I've been a fan for all these years. Obviously, there are different themes that happen every single week. There's the sometimes the mini challenges and the maxi challenges. Is that all mapped out before you even start a season? I imagine it has to be. The creative is put together by what I consider the best producers in the business, the most creative, ingenious, funny, collaborative producers in the business. They brainstorm, they come up with these ideas over a good amount of time, and then it's slowly finessed as we move into production. But things are things are always evolving, and we're so nimble as a production now that we're able to pivot if we need to change the creative in one direction or move in another direction depending on circumstance but with regard to Wigloose we just thought we were doing a parody on Footloose at the time so it is quite strange and slightly disturbing that we are it's so relevant it's so relevant they're always talking about the creative bouncing around ideas we might have creative thoughts when we're shooting one season that we go, oh, well, let's put a pin in that for next season, possibly. The brains are always cranking out funny, witty, pertinent, great ideas that we then put into production when we when we shoot the show. But yeah, the season is mapped out. But like I said, we're super nimble and we have an amazing crew can pivots if we need to should creative change it all comes together in the, the final edited product that, that you see on the screen we have a great idea of what the season that we're going into of what the creative is for each episode things can change 
nuance changes with the script right up to the moment we shoot it because we want to give the viewer the best and the fans the best products as possible how do you even plan out where the cameras are going to be because there's multiple parts of everything right like you've got Rue and the panelists, obviously, you know where those folks are. They're not going to move because they're sitting at a table. But then you've got the contestants, both backstage and then on stage. And just trying to capture those moments, I imagine, has to be pretty on the fly. With regard to you know, a rusical or a performance, stick with the rusical. I think that was, if I remember rightly, that was divided into, it's about 12 minutes long. It was divided into three acts, three scenes, if you like. And I have the script, and then I work with the choreographer on certain staging of entrances, and obviously with the lighting department. I'm there for during rehearsals, and I map out exactly how I want to shoot it. And I camera script to a certain extent of what I what shots I want at various points that portray the story or visually immerse the viewer in, in what we're doing. I speak to lighting a lot to make sure that I have the best shot for certain lighting effects that punctuate certain elements of the performance or particular parts of the story. So I go in with a detailed plan and we have a camera rehearsal so the camera guys know what we're doing at certain points. And then we shoot it two times. And then it goes to our wonderful edit department and they put it together. And uh, the finished product is something that hopefully everyone loves and is visually captivating and immersive and conveys the, the story and is a delight to watch. Which it totally was. That was probably one of my favorite rusicals, not just because of where we were or where we are in the world. It evolved over the years. We've always done a musical number in different guises. I remember one of the first ones I did was Glamazonian Airways, which was funny. <laughs> but that was a, that was a play on on those fasten your seatbelt videos that Virgin Atlantic used to make. It became a real big production number. So that was tipping our hats to that. And then the one stood out initially through the years was the Madonna one, which was so clever and nuanced in the way it was written. And the Queens did such an amazing job of performing. That was the one that, that really amped up what we were doing with regard to the rusical, not only in a production value, but also the way it's written and performed. And then I think over the years since then, we've every year we try and up up our game, increase the production value, adding costumes, props, scenery changes, spending more time shooting it or with the lighting. That's where we are with regard to the rusical now. The Moulin Rue, which was the one previous, I think, to, to Wig Loose, was one of my favorites as well. And that's what we do on our show is every year we try and give everybody a little bit more creatively, visually, comedically. We up our game. And uh, I think we certainly we did that with Loose and then some. 
And now it's become so relevant with what's going on with the country. And when, at the time when we were shooting it, we had no idea that it was going to be, was going to make the headlines quite as it has. I was so glad to hear how happy Kevin Bacon was with it too. I heard that. Yes, that, that was amazing. It's a shame that we, I don't know whether he was approached or anything, but wouldn't have that been nice if he'd been approached and done a little cameo role? <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, or the judge that week. <laughs> yeah, but it was fun to do. And I heard the track so many times. It's so catchy. And then we did, in the finale, we did, a, we did the chorus to it as well in the Ace Theatre. At the end, we built on drag. We had the cast come in and dancers singing the uh, the chorus to Wig Loose. And the crowd went crazy, which was fantastic. It's one of my favorite parts of shooting the show is the performances. I really like to dive in and really get in there and come up with interesting ways of, of portraying these stories and musical performances. How long does it take you to shoot an episode typically? Most of our episodes are two-day episodes. <clears throat> So, wow. Yep. So you have to really stand back and take a look in awe of what the Queens go through in those two days. It is phenomenal. It is, we, I would say, when you come to work on the show from a cameraman's, for example, a cameraman's point of view, you've got to be able to shoot comedy, dance, music, performance, scripted acting challenges the whole gambit, reality, verite, everything. But from a, from any participant's point of view, you have got to be able to do all of that. And then some, you've got to be able to sew. You've got to be able to style. You've got to have a your charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent on top of all of that. I don't know how these queens do it. They're a phenomenal talent and they bring it every single season. And what they go through in just to just in one episode, never mind a whole season, if they're on the whole season, is breathtakingly phenomenal. I did the just the sheer resilience alone and stamina would have you know, I'd be beat after a uh, half a day, to be honest. I couldn't do that. They're, they're so talented. They're they're always smiling. You never hear any whining or anything like that. It is it's phenomenal to be in, in the presence of those kind of people. Generally, yeah, two-day episodes. So the first day is they all come in and have a chit-chat, and then Rue comes in and kicks off the episode with a mini-challenge. We do the mini-challenge, and then Rue intros the main challenge. And then we either shoot the main challenge, which means if that's a, an acting challenge or something we do on green screen or anything like that, the queens have to not only rehearse and not only have to learn their lines <laughs> they also have to get into drag <laughs> and then we shoot that afternoon if it's a, a stage a main stage performance then they're either recording lyrics and, and learning choreography they work late into the night so they then they come in the following day for the main stage performance they rehearse in the morning then we do an on-camera and lighting rehearsal then they get ready in drag. They take two hours to get into drag. And then they perform, for example, the Rusical. Okay, shoot that. And then they go back and 
put on their outfits for the the runway. And then we do the critiques and we do the deliberation. They go and then shoot untucked while we do the deliberation. And then we come back and decide who's going to lip sync for the life. Wow. So that, that in a nutshell is what we do over two days. I don't think any other show even comes close to what we do and achieve in two days of, of production. I don't think any other show has the production value that we have within those two days. With regard to the performance and the on-screen talent, no one even comes close. Rue is a global icon now who is an absolute dream to work with. He is the nicest person you'll meet. Charming, funny, remembers everybody's name. I could go on and on about how much, how wonderful I think Rue is. He's so sweet and really super down to earth as well. And he says his most favorite thing to do is laugh. And I tell you, as soon as he laughs, everybody's laughing because it is infectious beyond belief. Oh, yeah. That laugh is so distinct, too. Oh, my God. It, it, I tell you. <laughs> And it's, I, I, it's been a privilege and to work on the show for 13 years and to be part of what is now a, a global phenomenon. And I think a cultural revolution as well. In a posit- certainly in a positive, absolutely in a positive way. It has been mind-blowing that the change in society, aside from the past, they put this past year aside, the way that we brought drag mainstream from what used to be in small clubs, now it's primetime television. It's unbelievable. And we're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> the drag queens are not going anywhere. And we're here to stay. And I'm humbled and proud to be a part of what is, what has been the most culturally important television show in the past gen- of a generation, I think. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We like to laugh. And that's the most important thing. But the show I've done over the years is added little nuanced visual treats for the viewer. And I think visually the show looks phenomenal. And we have come a a long way in 13 years. We have a fantastic lighting department that is unbelievably creative and brilliant. Everybody on the, from the production designer to the stage managers and the ADs, it's a huge, and the camera, my, my camera department, phenomenal. It's a huge team effort behind the camera. And people come back year after year. They love the show. They love working on the show. They love being part of this phenomenon. Nick, thank you so much for your time. This was great talking with you, and best of luck at the Emmys. Thank you. Yeah, fingers crossed that time's a treat, a charm, a treat, charm, one of the two. I'm hoping <laughs> now more than ever. As we say on the show, (laughs) I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it's our year. Drag is a fight. Drag is a protest. Drag only reveals who you really are. If you want to shine, I'm letting you know this. Kind of love we grow can't grow in the dark. The pride that we feel, the power we hold in our heels, the 
might know me as Carl Preacher Teacher, but back in the day, they called me Miss 